Good morning, church family. It's so good to be with you guys today. As Pastor Jeremy said, uh, we're going to be wrapping up our Eyewitnesses series this morning. We're going to be uh, finishing this up. Uh, We've been looking this month at uh, various people who have witnessed the birth of Christ. And uh, so before we jump into that, as we begin this message, I just want to wish you or wish that you guys all had a Merry Christmas yesterday. Uh, I hope it was an awesome time with family and friends. Uh, Christmas has always been one of my favorite holidays. It's a time where I get to uh, go all out for some of those people in my life that I love and care about, my family and some of my friends. And uh, I just love that. My, my parents really set the example for what that looked like on Christmas morning growing up. I can't uh, take too much credit there. But uh, opening up presents uh, at the Nast household was something that we always did with eager anticipation because there was always some sort of a surprise that we knew was probably coming from our parents. And so when I was in middle school, I was really excited about getting a cell phone. I really wanted a cell phone. I know maybe some middle schoolers out there uh, feel the same way or really wanting that. I, I, I begged my parents for it. Maybe you can even sympathize with that, um, and, or some parents can sympathize with my parents who said no. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, as that happened, I began compiling all of the reasons why I needed a cell phone, bringing those to my parents, but the answer was still no. That is until one Christmas morning, I just I wake up, And I start hearing this ringing sound coming from my bed. And my brother and I shared a room at that point, and there was also a ringing sound coming from his bed at the same time. And we were like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening? And so we start to investigate. And as we get to the bottom of what's going on, we realize that our parents were calling us on our very own cell phones. And so we rocked those flip phones for a while. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) But um, as, as, uh, as most people do, they eventually want an upgrade. And so me and my brother wanted iPhones eventually. Um, and uh, we were told once again that wasn't going to happen. But several Christmases go by. We're waiting. We're like, maybe eventually. And uh, we're, we're opening up gifts. And we finally get to our last gift. We're told, me and my brother were told to open it at the same time, and as we, uh, we were opening it, he gets to the bottom first and is just excited, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going as quick as I can to figure out what it is, and we find these iPhones that we have been waiting for for so long. It was exciting. We were thankful for that. It was something we'd been waiting for in eager anticipation, and there's something about opening up gifts at Christmas time that just has us waiting with an eager anticipation. And I think that's because Christmas helps us see that there is hope in our waiting. Yes, gifts have a, have a role in that to some extent on Christmas, but there's, it's more than just that. Christmas reminds us that there have been seasons of waiting that lead to hope throughout all time. Israel waited patiently for the Messiah to come and save them from their sin. Now today, we also await Jesus' return where he will come and make all things new. But we wait for God on other things in our lives as well. And maybe you're like, yeah, I feel that maybe even right now. Maybe you're waiting to hear on a job promotion or a bonus of some sort. Maybe for those of you who have just finished up a semester in school or are getting close to that, 
point, you've been taking tests and wondering, are you going to pass? Are you going to get the good grades that you need? For those of you here who are, who are single, maybe there's, there's, there's some struggle within the waiting there. Or maybe you're waiting for what you hope is good health news for yourself or a loved one. Or maybe there's, there's just a, a season in your life right now that just feels very spiritually dry. And so you're waiting for the Lord to do something miraculous there. As a nation and world, we've certainly been waiting right now through the effects that COVID has had on this world. I know that's a reality we've experienced even within our church, uh, as people recently have had it or still have it. And if that's the case for you, I just want you to know that I have been praying for you this week. You guys have been on my heart uh, through everything that's you're going on there. But I think we can all agree, waiting is hard. It's hard. And especially in the culture that we live in, right? We live in this fast-paced world where we're told we need to keep our foot on the gas pedal at all times. We're just go, go, go. We want the blessing now, or maybe even yesterday. We don't want to wait for it. But yet God is still at work in these seasons of waiting in our lives. In these seasons that maybe feel mundane, dull, boring, and unexciting. And today we're going to see that waiting with faith enables us to receive God's promise. We're going to see two people that I believe are are fairly overlooked within the story of Christmas, and we're going to see three ways that we can wait on God from Luke 2, 22 through 38. But before we dive into this passage, let's talk about the context of what's been going on. Some of you guys may even have read this passage yesterday on Christmas morning where we see at the beginning of Luke chapter 2 that that Jesus is born. These angels come to these shepherds who are afraid, tell them not to be afraid, and tell them about the wonderful news that Jesus has come. What we see from this very beginning of Luke chapter 2 is that Jesus is no ordinary child. He's no ordinary child, and our our passage today is going to pick up on that and continue that as we see um, what happens as Jesus is now brought into the temple soon after his birth. His parents were bringing him there, which was exactly what was prescribed and expected based on the Old Testament law. And so what we see here as he's being brought into the temple is that Jesus is fulfilling the law even as a baby, even as a baby he's doing that. And as he's brought into the temple, there are two eyewitnesses that stand out, that being Simeon and Anna in this passage. And these saints have been waiting for years, waiting for the Messiah to come. And they're about to find out that Jesus is that promised Messiah, that promised Savior who has come to deliver them. They help us see that waiting in faith enables us to receive God's promises. And the first thing we learn from them is to wait with devotion. Wait with devotion. From our passage, it becomes clear that Simeon and Anna were people who were devoted to the Lord. And so let's look at this passage now, beginning in Luke 2.25, which says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting 
waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Picking up in verse 36, it says, And there was a prophetess Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. So right away, one of the first things we learn about Simeon is that he was a righteous and devout man. In verse 25, it says that, that he was a righteous and devout man. What an awesome thing to have said about you in Scripture, that you are righteous and devout. He was a a man who lived rightly before the Lord and feared him. But he was waiting. Verse 25 goes on to say he was waiting for Israel's consolation. And that might seem like a strange word that we use in Christmas hymns this time of year, but it's really a beautiful word, the consolation of Israel. It's talking about the comfort or the lifting up of the spirits of this nation. It's a word that was very much so tied with the coming of the Messiah who was going to come to bring comfort and deliverance. So Simeon is waiting for the hope of the deliverance that comes from sin, that comes through Jesus, the Messiah. And we learn at the end of verse 25 here that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. Now that's amazing to think about because at this point in salvation history, it's a little bit different than where we are today, where we come to faith in Christ today and we have the Holy Spirit living within us. But that wasn't quite that point at that point. And so it was a beautiful thing. We see God's blessing on Simeon here and he's about to speak through him as we are going to see in just a minute. And it's awesome to see how, how, how Simeon is just waiting with devotion. But he's not the only one here. Anna is as well. In verses 36 through 37, we meet her. We see in verse 36 that she is advanced in years. She's somebody who was elderly. But through both of these verses, we see that she was married, that her husband had died, and that now she's been a widow for some time now, for a long time. She's been waiting in the midst of this. I can only imagine how hard that must have been to lose somebody that close to her, somebody that she loved. It had to have been difficult. There were probably seasons of doubt that accompanied that, wondering uh, why the Lord allowed that to happen, maybe even points where she questioned whether she should be devoted to the Lord. I, I don't know. But that's not how Luke describes her. That's the beautiful thing. Luke doesn't describe her in that way. At the very end of verse 37, it says, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Her circumstances aren't defining her her at this point. We see that her devotion to the Lord is. She was somebody that didn't want to leave the temple. She wanted to be with the Lord. She was She was uh, worshiping him with prayer and fasting. She was devoted to these different disciplines. She was devoted to the Lord. And I'm sure we've all had points in our walks with the Lord where it's just difficult to maintain that, that kind of a devotion to the Lord. 
We're coming up on a point of year where a lot of times people like to set resolutions, and oftentimes those are gone within like a month, right, or maybe even sooner. And, uh, and so some of those more popular resolutions like eating healthy or exercising, you set goals like, yeah, I'm going to get to the gym and I'm going to start doing these sorts of things to work out and, and, and whatnot. Or I'm going to start to eat healthier. I'm going to say no to some of the sweets we've been eating already and, uh, and say yes to maybe eating a, a few more salads throughout the week. But this devotion is hard to maintain. It's easy for us to slack off at times. And it can be similar in our spiritual lives. It can be easy to slack off in that devotion to the Lord, especially in seasons where we're waiting and waiting. It just doesn't seem like that waiting is going to come to an end. And maybe there's even sometimes moments where we're like, I just need something from God first before I can be devoted to him. Maybe that's not something that we're like consciously doing in our minds, but something that's kind of happening in the background, where we're like, Lord, once you answer that prayer, then I'll be devoted to you. Or once we get the grades that we want, then I'll be devoted. Or the job, the relationship, the health, that spiritual high, whatever it might be, then, then I can be devoted to you. But God desires our devotion to him even in the waiting. Telling God that we will only be devoted to him if he does something for us first, that's not really faith. That's a manipulation of the Lord to get the things that we want instead. Wait for God in devotion. We also see from these two eyewitnesses to wait for God's timing. Wait for God's timing. Simeon and Anna, as I said, are examples of this again. They were devoted to the Lord, but they were also ready for him in his timing. We see this in, in verse 26, which says, And it, was, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And in verse 38, it says, And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God, and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Remember, the Holy Spirit is upon Simeon. And right now, in verse 26, the Holy Spirit is revealing to Simeon that he is not going to see death until he has seen the Messiah, until he has seen Jesus. He was going to see the person that he and all of Israel had been waiting for with eager anticipation. Israel had been waiting a long time. I mean, really the whole world had been waiting a long time. You could make the, the argument that everybody's been waiting since sin entered into the world way back in Genesis 3. But certainly, as we're heading to the beginning of the New Testament here, Israel had been waiting through 400 years where not a whole lot had happened, where they were waiting to see God move yet again. And Simeon had been waiting during that period as well, not probably through the, all of that, but it sounds like he's pretty old here in this passage, what it says in verse 26, that he had been waiting for, for a while because we see that the Holy Spirit reveals to him that he won't die until he's seen Jesus. So we can assume he's been waiting for some time, that he's been waiting patiently for God's timing. 
And Anna surely has been waiting a while herself too. We saw in the previous verse, in verse 37, how long she'd been widowed for. But, she was, she, but, but we see in, in verse 38 that this didn't stop her from being ready. She was ready at the very hour, it says, in, in, in verse 38. It says she was ready that very hour. As soon as she sees Jesus, she's, she's rejoicing. She's giving thanks to God for the fact that he has come. But this joy doesn't stay within her. No, this widow goes and allows this joy that the Lord has given her to spill out onto everybody else, those who had been waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She she allowed that joy to spill out onto them. She told them about Jesus that she had just seen. She was ready in God's timing. And there are times, like we said, that waiting just seems to take forever, right? Like it just doesn't seem to come to an end. Now, this is a bit of a lighthearted example, but this last summer, for the first time in 51 years, my beloved Detroit Pistons were awarded the number one overall pick where they were able to select the player that they wanted first before anybody else, and it was awesome. It's the first time in my life I had seen anything like this, and a few weeks before the, uh, the draft was going to take place, my brother, who is equally as big of a Pistons fan as myself and I, were given the opportunity to go and be VIP guests at Little Caesars Arena that night to celebrate with the Pistons on the floor the number one pick. But waiting the few weeks necessary was hard at points. We started hearing rumors that they were going to trade the pick. It seemed like daily And we were like, no, 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 we can't do that. Thankfully, they didn't. But as they picked Cade Cunningham that night, we were very, very excited. Like I said, it's a bit of a lighthearted example, but there are seasons in our lives where we're waiting for things to happen. Maybe even waiting on the Lord for things to happen in his timing. And when we're talking about waiting on the Lord's timing, it can be easy to get frustrated to not truly be patient for him and his timing. I know I've been there. I'm not talking about the Pistons anymore. I've been there. I know that's hard to wait on the Lord's timing. There are times where we do get frustrated by it. But in those moments, God wants us to believe that he will make good on his promises. But he's going to do it in his timing. He does that here. We see Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, coming into the temple, and people are rejoicing because they see that God has made good on his promise. So in these moments where you feel frustrated by God's timing, run to the Lord. Run to him. Let him know exactly what it is that you are frustrated about in those moments. He can take it, and he's there to meet you with love and grace. Joy that is only found in him. And allow that to to remind you of his track record with promises. That he 100% of the time fulfills his promises. And let that lead you to joy that is found not in your present circumstances, but in Christ alone. Wait for God's timing. And one of the final things we see here is to wait for God's spirit, or wait in God's spirit. 
We see this specifically through Simeon. As we said, we know the Holy Spirit has come upon him. That's not to take anything away from Anna. She was ready in God's timing. She was rejoicing in the Lord, and God was very much at work in her life as well. But we see this specifically through the life of Simeon. In verses 27 through 32, it says this. And he came into the spirit, or in the spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his, in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. These verses show the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit within Simeon's life. He, was, he had a life that was defined by God working through him. As this is the third time we have this mentioned here in this passage that the Holy Spirit was either speaking through him or, or, or on him in some way. In verse 27, we see that he came into the temple that day in the Spirit. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he blessed and glorified God. He knew that his time was drawing to a, a close, and that didn't discourage him. That actually gave him excitement and joy, knowing that he can depart in peace because he had seen Jesus. He had seen the long-awaited and promised Messiah who had come to deliver people from their sin, bringing salvation to all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. He was holding and laying eyes on this, this baby, and he knew that Israel's consolation had come, that there was hope and comfort because the Messiah had come to deliver people from their sins. This waiting was coming to an end. Imagine his excitement. I mean, we get excited about things all the time, it seems like, and there's, there's value, really Good things we get excited about. We get excited when new babies are born and brought into this world. We get excited when, uh, when, when we get that promotion or whatever it is that we've been wanting. Maybe winning the lottery is a little bit more of a, a, something that would get us a bit more excited or, or, or seeing the Lions win the Super Bowl for some of you out there. Uh, but this was even more exciting than all of those things combined. The God of the universe had sent his son to earth to deliver people from their sin, and Simeon knew it because the Holy Spirit had made this known to him, that God had come to deliver people from sin. The Holy Spirit revealed it to him, and Jesus' parents were absolutely amazed by what he was saying. This was a, this was a joy and excitement that only could come from God. So what we see for us here today is that the Holy Spirit reveals who Jesus is to people and leads them to faith that is found in Christ alone. And Simeon experienced this as well as he saw that salvation is finally here. Salvation is here. And that becomes even more clear as Jesus grows older. He lives a perfect life and ultimately goes to the cross laying his life down for the sin of the world. But he didn't stay dead. 
Three days later, he rose victoriously from the grave by the power of God. And today, through faith in Christ's death and resurrection, we receive this spirit in our lives as well. What beautiful hope we have knowing that salvation is here. Salvation is here. And that's the good news that we celebrate at Christmas. That there is hope in the waiting because Jesus has come to earth to deliver people from their sins. If you haven't recognized or received this hope that is found in Christ alone today, I'd urge you to do that, to look to Jesus alone to save you from your sin. I'd urge you not to even leave here today without doing that, talking to somebody about it. And if this is something that you have recognized, if this is your hope, wait in God's spirit. Wait in God's spirit. It's not easy because it means that God wants us to surrender everything to him. And that can be hard to bring everything before the Lord in open hands and say, God, this belongs to you. It's not necessarily that the Lord's gonna take that away from us. He might, he might not. But we want him to be able to do with whatever it is in our lives that is taking, taking maybe some affection away from the Lord. We want to give that to him, whether that be our timing and when we want to see things accomplished. Maybe it's just accomplishments in general, the grades, the jobs, the relationships, the health, the spiritual, uh, the spiritual life we want to have, laying it before the Lord and saying, God, none of these things are more important than you. And do with these things as you will. It's not that these desires are all bad. It's not that they're bad at all. But we need to lay them before the Lord, knowing that he will do with them as he will. They may or may not come, but we know in doing this, and we see in doing this, that Jesus is better than all of those things. So wait in God's spirit. From all of this today, we see that waiting with faith enables us to receive God's promise. It might be easy to look at this passage and just think of how amazing Simeon and Anna's faith was, but if that's all we're coming away from this with today, that's not, that's not, that's not what the point of this passage is. Remember what they were waiting for. These were sinners who were longing for God's deliverance to come through Christ. They wouldn't have been waiting like this with eager anticipation for this to happen if they didn't know that they struggled with the very sin that we struggle with too. They struggled with sin. And yes, we see their faith and excitement in this passage. But that was because they knew that this deliverance from their sin has now come from Jesus, that salvation is here. Their stories were a result of God's work within their lives, in the good, the bad, and the mundane. They knew that God would make good on his promises, and he did in sending his son. Christmas reminds us that as we wait on God, there is hope because our Savior has come into this world to bring us deliverance from our sin. And the beautiful thing is he's coming back again. One day he's returning and he is going to make everything new. Everything is going to return back to the way it was supposed to be when God created this world. And the beautiful thing is, even as we wait now, 
He's there for us in the seasons that we are wading through in our own lives. And so as we are struggling to surrender those things to the Lord, run to him. Let him know exactly what it is that you are going through in your lives. He is there to meet you with grace and peace and love that is found in Christ, who is our salvation. Remember, waiting with faith enables us to receive God's promise. Let's pray.